In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. There's a bill before committee in Ottawa right now that would do, in theory, something I'm sure most of us would agree with. Prevent children from accessing pornography online. Now, the devil is in the details, but even without those tricky things, this bill already has a lot of support. The Senate has passed it, and in the House of Commons, it's supported by every party, save for the governing liberals, who have their own bill planned. Keeping kids away from porn, pretty popular. Who knew? Okay, but actually, how would Canadians be required to hand over their government IDs to a porn site for access? Would they use their credit card information? Would the website simply scan their face to make sure they're an adult? As you can imagine, it is right about here that the bill goes from being something almost anyone can support to an entirely different political football. If the bill does pass, and it requires websites like Pornhub to collect data from Canadians, will they? Or will Pornhub and other sites, as they've done before, just close up shop? At least, to Canadians. And a massive site like Pornhub is one thing. But what about, um, all the porn on all the rest of the internet? We're going to provide ID for that as well. All of it? Look, I don't know the answer to any of these questions. I take solace in the fact that nobody else seems to either. But there's one thing that I do know. When governments begin writing pornography legislation, things tend to get very messy very quickly. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Stephanie Taylor is a Parliament Hill reporter in Ottawa with the Canadian Press. Hello, Stephanie. Hi, how are you? I'm doing very well. I'm going to start by asking this bluntly. What does Pierre Polyev and many others who we will talk about want to do to Canadians who want to watch a little porn? So at a news conference today, he answered that, yes, if he forms the next government, he would want to require porn sites to verify the age of their users, which is something new we heard from Mr. Polyev, but perhaps not entirely surprising given that he and the rest of his caucus voted in favor of a particular Senate bill that would do just this. Explain that bill in a little more detail, maybe. Uh, What is it? Where did it come from? And what specifically do we know uh, it would require? The bill in question is called Bill S-210. So it originates in the Senate. A senator brought it forward. This is the second time the senator has brought it forward. The senator is Julie Meville-Deschain. 
And the bill itself is called an act to restrict young persons' online access to sexually explicit material, otherwise known as protecting young persons from exposure to pornography acts. So it states in the title what it wants to do. Now, this bill was brought forward in 2021, and the senator's speech in the text of the bill outlines what concerns she has and others have about young people being exposed to sexually explicit material through porn websites. And the bill runs through the gambit of concerns, whether it is exposure to children of unrealistic, at times violent sexual acts, whether it is reinforcing harmful gender stereotypes, you know, showing examples of of violence against women, uh, creating, um, you know, children and young people feeling insecure about their own bodies or their own sexuality when they watch this kind of content. So there is a lot of concern before this bill existed, uh, just about young people watching pornography online. And obviously, we know that the internet and the ability for people to upload content, their own, you know, adult material, sexual explicit material online has created access to this in a way that we have not seen when, say, I grew up in the 90s or, or people kind of around my age or before that. And so this bill was proposed actually in 2021, but the parliamentary process can be slow. So recently it passed through the Senate and it was passed through the House of Commons. Now, the stage it's at right now is it was passed through the House of Commons with opposition MPs all voted in favor of it, all saying, yes, we recognize that there is a problem when young people can have access to sexually explicit material. Um, a lot of them are parents and talked about, you know, personal experience uh, with this and, and their concerns just as, you know, adults and human beings in this country. So now this bill or this proposal is going to go before a committee to study it. Now, how it wants to do this is it wants to create a mechanism where a user's age has to be verified in order to access things like a porn site or kind of other sexually explicit material. But the crux of this is how. Right. Yeah. How do you do that? Because uh, this is something that I think probably lots of adult sites have been trying to do since we were growing up in the 90s. Right. And when senators and members of parliament have talked about this, they leave that question up in the air a little bit. The senator herself, when she proposes this, says, you know, we think that regulation would kind of get into the nitty gritty of how uh, a user's age could be verified. Karen Vecchio, the conservative MP who sponsored this bill in the House of Commons, kind of said something along the same lines of saying, you know, we don't think that Canadians should have to be giving up their personal information or data directly to these porn sites, but we do believe that technological advancements, as we saw, for example, during the pandemic, where we suddenly all had to work from home and we all had to adjust how it is that we live our lives, could usher in something like this. But the devil is really in the details, and it's the the lack of details and the possibilities that have a lot of privacy experts kind of raising red flags about this proposal, saying, well, yes, it's it's a it's a an important pursuit, it's a moral and ethical pursuit, but the implications of this could could turn really problematic if some if a proposal like this were to become law in Canada. What kinds of things could happen here? You mentioned giving up data to uh, these sites. What would that data be? And I realize, I, I realize, by the way, that there are no specific answers yet. But what concerns would privacy experts raise about how it happens? The first one is just the giving up of Canadians' personal uh, data. Now, parliamentarians, as I said, they've acknowledged, okay, we don't think individual sites should necessarily be the ones to be collecting this. But the question then remains, well, 
Would there be a third-party provider where you have to give up this kind of data, say a government data bank? Now, we as journalists have seen a lot of examples of data hacks, whether it be on, on publicly available sites or departments on for private companies where people with nefarious means or hackers want access to the sensitive and personal information of Canadians and the disclosure of that in an inappropriate fashion can bring great harm to people. There's also concerns about, could we see a use of, say, facial recognition technology or some kind of, of biometrics or visual scan, which Privacy Experts says raises, again, a lot of concerns about the kind of data Canadians could be asked to give up here. And besides the giving up of personal data, there's also concerns about the stifling of free expression, where uh, a site, for example, may not want to run the risk of facing a fine. The first offense, as proposed in this bill, would be some $250,000 if you host, uh, you know, graphic sexual material that a, a young person gets access to. This, the second offense would be, you know, $500,000. That site could simply say, we're just going to block access. We're simply just going to not offer our services or offer these materials to be seen in Canada, which raises a whole bunch of other concerns about free expression and, and censorship. So on the other side of it, on one side, we have the Senate who has passed this and we have uh, the House who has passed it, though without the support of the current government. It sits before a committee. On the other side of that, we have these sites themselves. You spoke with the owner of Pornhub. Who is that person? What is Pornhub? So Pornhub is one of the most popular uh, porn sites on the internet. And it is owned by uh, the parent company, formerly known as MindGeek, it's called Alo now, is owned by a private equity firm called Ethical Capital Partners. And one of the founding members of that, a vice president who's in charge of compliance, his name is Solomon Friedman, and I spoke to him as well as another partner last week about the implications of legislation like this because Pornhub and other adult sites have dealt with this in a number of states across the United States who have passed similar laws where lawmakers are concerned about young people accessing pornography. They put legislation like this in place saying, you know what, uh, sites and, and companies need to make sure to verify the age of their users. And what Mr. Friedman talked about was that the company is always going to follow the law, but that could mean different things for different jurisdictions. So, for example, he said in, in a case like Louisiana, where a, a law like this was passed, the government of Louisiana has a, a data bank. So it's the government that actually is collecting this kind of personal information that is then used to verify the age of users. And so that is how people go, uh, go about accessing the site there. In another case, Pornhub and the company, as well as others, decided to challenge this in court. But in another state, Utah, for example, there was no kind of third-party government alternative to be collecting this kind of data. And what the owners of Pornhub made clear to me is that they're not going to be collecting the private and personal and sensitive information of the users. They're not going to be asking people to be uploading and be sharing that kind of data. So what they decided to do in that case is simply block access. Now, the point that was was hammered home to me is that where they believe the onus lies on this kind of verification is actually on the device manufacturer level. So, for example, there would be some kind of feature built into a your, your, your Apple or your Google phone or whatever it might be that kind of automatically blocks these kind of sites and you have to get some kind of key or passcode and it, it, it's at the onus is on the, the manufacturers versus the individual sites themselves. 
Hi there, I'm Gavin Crawford. I'm a writer, an actor, and a comedian. And for the last eight or nine years, I have been navigating life with my mother's increasing dementia. Has it been sad? Yeah. Has it been funny? Also, yeah. That's what my brand new podcast series, Let's Not Be Kidding, is about. It's the true story of my life as a comedian, my mom, and dementia. Let's Not Be Kidding, with me, Gavin Crawford. A new seven-part series from CBC Podcasts, available now. Just for context, because you mentioned how clear here uh, Pornhub is being at saying it will follow the law. Uh, This company has had an interesting few years, and there's some reasons that they're not called MindGeek anymore. Can you just give us a little more context on how they came to this place? In late 2020, allegations and reports that Pornhub, one of the most popular sites on the internet for online porn, was hosting child sex abuse images. So images and videos. And this landed worldwide in terms of the headlines and in terms of the fallout. It started with uh, reporting by the New York Times in in an opinion piece. These reports and allegations led major payment processing companies like Visa and MasterCard to just pull involvement from Pornhub. Pornhub said it was taking these concerns very seriously and it scrubbed millions of unverified videos and images that were from its website because this is essentially what makes Pornhub and and the age of of internet adult entertainment in a unique and and a very troubling space in many ways and increasing risk because people now have the ability to be uploading these kind of images on these kind of material online. And it raises a a whole host of questions about what kind of checks and balances and safety measures are these companies going to be putting in place? And let's rewind for a second, because this Senate bill we're talking about, it was proposed in November 2021. So not very long after all of these allegations and reports about Pornhub's uh, behavior and the former company's name, MindGeek's behavior, were in the headlines with the senator saying, look at this idea of self-regulation clearly is not working. Clearly, there is a role for government to be playing. Now, the company Ethical Capital Partners, ALO, the new owners now have said that they have, you know, instituted a lot more um, safety protocols in place where if someone, if they want to be uploading a video and, and it is a verified video, they have to be showing, uh, you know, their photo, this proof that they are that they are a willing participant in the uh, content that's up there, that this is something that an adult entertainers now have to do. But absolutely, there is a, a very clear line from all of those allegations about how children were not just being exposed, but being exploited on platforms like this that led to this kind of legislation. In terms of the legislation we're talking about now, it's definitely one thing to look at, you know, massive sites like Pornhub and expect them to verify the ID uh, of their users. I think, and I'm not trying to be glib here, but I think if there's one constant we can all agree on, it's like there is porn online and it is kind of everywhere. Like, would this bill protect children from seeing porn on the internet or just seeing porn on, you know, like the largest sites and send them off to all the other porn spread across the World Wide Web. That's one of the points critics have raised, including the owners of Pornhub saying, look it, this is not actually going to keep children safe. What it might do and what it could very well run the risk of doing is simply driving people 
driving young people or others to simply darker, kind of more seedy corners of the internet to companies and sites that will not be willing to follow the laws like this. There's also plenty of critics that say, look at VPNs and <laughs> are one way you can kind of get around sites that might be blocked or might have kind of more stringent verification. So there's so there is a lot of concern of that if, if the overarching goal of legislation like this is to protect children from such material, that it actually will not be able to achieve that goal. Because yes, while we're talking about Pornhub is one of the most recognized names of porn on the internet, there are millions of other sites. And one of the other things critics point out is it's not just necessarily adult entertainment websites, but for example, what happens if there's sexually explicit material that, say, ends up on another platform or just a, some kind of, you know, social media page? Yeah, it's like on Twitter and everything. It, absolutely, right? And so what is the responsibility and how does legislation work at, at sites like this that are not explicitly for porn, but you could have some kind of material, graphic material, end up on there. And this is also where critics say, this is where the freedom of expression concern really does come in. And to that end, I mean, never mind, you know, places like social media where, you know, porn ends up on there, like it or not. What about sites that deal with sort of deeper, I don't know, more intellectual uh, sexual issues, for lack of a better term? Like, who determines what then constitutes explicit sexual material on the internet? Is that the Canadian government's job now if this passes? So the government, as it stands, has not voted in favor of this legislation, not only because of the privacy and freedom of expression concerns I've talked about, but simply because the government says that they have their own online harm legislation that they plan to table very shortly that is going to try to bring down new measures to make the internet a, a safer place for children and protect them against things like sexploitation or, or kind of other predatory behaviors. But the senator herself who proposed this bill argued in it and argued in speeches that sexually graphic, sexually explicit material has already been defined by the courts, that clearly there is going to be room that if, if you were talking about, you know, visual art, for example, where there's plenty of naked people in nudes, that this, that her argument is that this will not be overly broad to kind of, you know, characterize any images that might be used for education, for art, or for science. But that this idea of a sexually explicit image where the focus is more or less on the sex act itself or on certain parts of the body, that that's already been defined. But there is still a lot of debate about whether companies, because they fear, you know, a, a criminal penalty for this, might be overly cautious in what they block or might consider twice about providing access to Canadians if they if they feel like there is not a way that they can kind of guarantee that material will not be ending up on there or that they will not be falling under the umbrella of potentially being fined. So the Liberals are writing their own online harms bill. In the meantime, this bill is in committee. What actually happens to it there? And is that where we get answers for all the vague stuff we've just discussed? So the owners of Pornhub said that they are going to committee to try to make their case to legislators saying, look, we're not opposed to regulation per se, but we're just saying we, we want you to do it at more of the device level. And committee is an area where stakeholders, whether it is the adult entertainment sites themselves, whether it is those who have expertise in protecting children, whether it is those who have expertise in law and privacy and how that all intersects with technology, that they can present their case to parliamentarians and say, look at Here's the impact of this piece of legislation. Here's the pros and here's the cons. And it's really a chance for the not just the, the governing party, but also the opposition parties 
to really kind of study and test this legislation. Now, the NDP, which did support this going to committee, said that they supported it because they want to see it studied. They want to see these issues aired. They want to be able to kind of work through the health, public health and and privacy and and legal considerations about it. And the question that we started the conversation with of, of how could this age verification even happen, I think is going to be one of the main questions that is brought up. It'll be fascinating to watch uh, in the coming months and fascinating, I guess, now to see the Liberals' legislation in light of this. Absolutely. There is a lot of pressure for the Liberals to get their legislation right, not only in terms of will it protect freedom of expression and and charter rights and not be overly broad that lead to uh, instances of Canadians not being able to see and, and access things online, but also in terms of of what it plans to do for online safety, because I think Canadians and parents are rightly concerned that the internet is becoming a more volatile and hostile place, particularly for young people. I'm sure we'll be talking about this again. Stephanie, thank you so much. Thank you. Stephanie Taylor, Parliament Hill reporter with the Canadian Press. That was The Big Story. For more from us, you can head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. If you've got feedback on this episode or any other, if you have, perhaps, an idea for how to keep kids from accessing pornography online that has no privacy concerns or ramifications for adults, you can send it to us. You probably should send it to the House of Commons, but you can send it to us at hello at thebigstorypodcast.ca. Or you can call us up and walk us through it with a voicemail, 416-935-5935. The Big Story is available in absolutely every podcast player until this bill passes and someone discovers that we said a bad word once and then maybe you need to give us your ID in order to listen to it. That'll probably not happen. But for now, it's in every podcast player and we need your support via ratings and reviews. So... If you got a sec, we'd love it if you did that. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow.